All right, welcome back to Agency Journey. This is your host, Gray McKenzie from Zen Pilot. This week, I've got the pleasure of bringing on my friend Erica Zegida from Prosana. That's nice pronunciation. My, uh, my last name pronunciation on a scale of one to ten, and then tell us a little bit about yourself. Ten. I read you your pronunciation. Ten. It was really good. Um, so yeah, thank you very much. Very nice introduction. I'm Erica. Yes, and I founded an agency called Prosana. We primarily focus on recruitment and we help agencies as well as e-commerce companies um, build their teams. Uh, on the other hand, we also help a bit with processes, team structure. And like, so we know kind of the agency setup quite well at this point. Um, so, yeah, so that's a bit about myself. That's awesome. How long have you been running Prasana? Oh, it's been three years and a bit, I guess. Three and a half, I guess. Yeah. Cool. I actually don't remember how we originally got connected. Um, LinkedIn, maybe LinkedIn. Probably LinkedIn. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, but we have some shared clients. We sent some folks over your way. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's public and who's not public in terms of who's who's worked with you. But I just mm-hmm. saw you're hiring again for a client uh, who sent your way maybe a year and a half ago or or something a year ago. Yeah. So so it's, yeah. it's super cool when when there's service providers who we're referring out to, mm-hmm. and you see. Yeah, there's so many agencies that we're working with who have needs in complementary areas. We're not in the mm-hmm. recruiting space. Yeah. Um, and so to find folks where there's been a consistent track record of of sustained success is awesome. There's a lot of, we've, I think, mm-hmm. the third or fourth uh, different recruiting firm that we've sent, you know, uh, different folks to. Okay. You know, or just we'll, we'll often try it ourselves first. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> Not all those experiences have been great, um, but it's been awesome getting the getting some yeah. expertise agency space. Thank you, thank you. I mean, thank you for sending uh, some people over. We, we we did end up, I think, uh, working with one or two for sure. Yeah. What? Um. So let's talk about kind of who fits in an agency ecosystem. Because I, I guess I want to start with mm-hmm. theme. I'm listening to this right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. What what keeps me tuned in is like we're trying to find great people um, who are fit both for like mm-hmm. the right people and also the roles that we have and then also fit in the agency sphere. Maybe we could start and then work our way to some of the recruiting and hiring process and Off-stars. all that, all of those kind of goodies. Maybe we could start with what makes someone a fit for the agency ecosystem specifically because that is its own set of challenges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I actually think I've heard about because I started my career, well, c- kind of started my career in an agency. Um, and I think it was just natural for me because it's so fast paced. Nothing is really like uh, um, staying the same for too long. Uh, things are changing quite quickly. So I think uh, for you to enjoy the agency life, you have to love that fast paced environment. Um, so there's going to be lots of challenges, lots of changes. Um, you know, I want to say multi multitasking, but uh, on the other hand, I just hate this word so much. But you have to be able to shift your brain from one client to another client, and and then be able to deliver the same quality service. And I think it's not for everyone. Um, so, hundred um, percent, a person to fit in an agency is a person who loves challenges, fast paced environment, uh, is not afraid to uh, solve the problems, and you know, as as um, as as common as it sounds like they have to have the solution oriented mindset uh, this is like very important so i would say like this is the ideal person fitting in the agency yeah how do you vet in this like you can put out there hey fast-paced mm-hmm. environment how do you know if someone can actually hang in a fast-paced environment mm, it's a it's actually a very good question i would say 
Uh, first of all, I mean, when you go on a uh, on a conversation with a person, like when you do the interview, um, you kind of start grasping how they, you know, how they feel. You also uh, ask certain like uh, situational questions and you uh, see how they answer. Um, but I would say a lot of the things come also from experience. You know, we've been interviewing for agencies mainly and we've been in agencies ourselves. We also know how we are and what kind of people we are. So we try to mirror that as well. Um, I mean, mirror, talking about mirroring is quite a good uh, good tactic. For example, if you have someone in the team who's really performing well, when you go out there and interview, you try to basically mirror and see, uh, look for the same qualities. Um, another thing is, of course, you can do an exercise and try to understand, you know, like what 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 is the ideal agency player in your case, in your agency, and try to identify like the top players in your agency identify the qualities they all share and then again look for those qualities in the candidates and how to look you know there are like multiple things multiple ways you can ask situational questions you can prepare certain tests you can also do personality assessments which can all which can also give a lot of insights so i would say it's quite complex but there's definitely multiple solutions uh, to this problem how do you balance the wanting to deliver a good experience on the applicant uh -huh. side with also trying to truly vet, hey, how are we going to make it in the day to day? So I want to know, can you handle some of the chaos and some of the context switching that happens in the typical agency? Mm -hmm. um, and I want to put you through as realistic of a you know interview process as possible to find that out. How do you juggle those two those two things? I don't want to stress people out completely from mm -hmm. the applicant side. I also need to stress test it to figure out, hey, are you actually going to be able to hang in our day to day environment? Yeah, uh, but you're talking more in the in the recruitment phase. Like, how do you balance th those two things out? I mean, one one thing, and I think this is uh, applicable in every single situation. You need to manage expectations, right? Like, if you set the tone right from the very beginning, and you say, like, this is gonna be the process. We need to test it. This is important. Um, then I think the applicant also sees this whole process differently. If you, of course, surprise them at every stage, then, you know, they will be overwhelmed and they, maybe they will also drop off the process. So I would say it's really like it's managing expectations, right? Um, and then also, you know, ensuring the transparent and very open communication and uh, maybe even over communication at some point, like really just being, uh, how to say, uh, as detailed as possible in, at every stage, uh, people usually appreciate. And of course, kindness always helps. When you're nice to people and you're you know, just, you care about them. Right. Makes sense. What, you do a ton of agency recruiting. What are the most common positions you're recruiting for? Mm -hmm. The most, I would say it really depends on the agency, like what service they offer. For example, if it's like, um, say, inbound marketing based on HubSpot, then it would be lots of HubSpot positions. Uh, if it's uh, a performance marketing agency, then paid social, paid search positions. Um, I would say it, it really depends. The toughest ones <laughs> these days probably would be developers. Uh, those are really hard, especially like Shopify developers, like very much in demand, hard to find really good people. So I would say like it, there's no like one particular position, but per definitely like in performance marketing roles, also assistant roles, uh, common. So it sounds like a lot of specialists or individual contributor roles Mm -hmm. Is it more common to do individual contributor roles than account manager, project manager type roles? Very hard to say. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say like it's only that you know specialists are in need. There are generalists as well who are needed. Um, 
we noticed a lot, like a lot of people are looking for assistance, you know, administrative assistance, virtual assistance, executive assistance, uh, operations assistance, and so on. And those are also quite challenging to find, uh, mainly because you are hiring for the attitude rather than skills. And attitude is one thing, it's quite hard to evaluate during the hiring process. But also another thing, usually the people who are um, applying for assistant positions or whom you're headhunting for those roles uh, are usually very junior, right? So they are quite young right after uni. And as uh, as, as um, strange it may sound, with the generation changes also changes the, the work ethic. So you really need to be able to qualify those people well. So I think it's quite actually challenging also to hire junior people these days. This is a totally off the wall question. Mm-hmm. Have you found any good assistants who grew mm-hmm. up well? How, how, okay. How did we fi- find the really good ones? No, no, no. Yeah. Have you found any good ones who you know grew up wealthy? Mm, very, yeah. Except, very unique question, Gray, I have to say. Um, no, mm, I'm no. not sure actually. I never, w- never would ask this um, of candidates previously. Mm-hmm. And now I care a lot about how they grew up. To your point about work ethic, mm-hmm. um, if you find a young person with a really strong work ethic, and it's weird yeah. for me to say young person because in my head, you know, I'm still like 24 years old. Yeah. Even though I'm, I'm a decade older. But <laughs> uh-huh. when you find when you find um, early career um, stage folks with a really strong work ethic mm. uh, that's usually associated with a situation where they had to work hard from a young age. And that's, that's already mm-hmm. built in. You know what, like one of the, the, for me, the key question we ask in interviews is what was the hardest you've ever worked in your life uh, on? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the key question that we ask. You know, if they say, oh, I worked hard uh, when I was in school because I was, uh, I don't know, you know, studying a little bit here and there, but then I also had uh, some outside curricular activities. Then I'm like, mm, really, did you have to work hard? But if the person says, you know, I was in university, I was a full-time student and I had yeah. two additional part-time jobs because I had to uh, provide for myself, then I would be like, wow, okay, that's that's quite good. I would imagine you could you could handle the stress. That's an awesome question. Mm. What? Uh, so we a little bit of, kind of, hey, generally, what are we looking for in agencies? What does, dig into some of the hiring process, mm-hmm. what does, you know, a first class hiring process look like? Um, I mean, there are a few criteria that I would recommend to have in order to have a really solid hiring process. So one is to have multiple steps in the in the vetting process. So multiple interviews, include the testing as well, like provide the test to complete. Um, it doesn't have to be, a, you know, as I always say, a, like AI generated test. It can be very like practical two task test that usually involves the day, the day, day activities that they would do. Um, so have have those and have multiple people also participate in the interview because, you know, you can be like humans have so many biases without even realizing that. So you want to be as objective as you can. And the, the best way, of course, is, you know, to have certain questions and know certain answers that you're looking for, but also to have multiple people participate in the process. Um, the process that we follow that worked for us is, I mean, we, we have quite a few different stages uh, that we also deliver to our clients when we uh, interview candidates for them. So we have, uh, the app, uh, application questionnaire. So we don't look at CVs at all. I mean, I'm, I have this 
weird, probably, opinion that CVs are outdated and it's just not the best representation of the candidate's skills or work ethic or personality or anything else. Like, it's just not the right approach. So instead, we have a questionnaire that we prepare with ver very specific questions with our non-negotiables that allows us very easily to, like, uh, shortlist the right ones. So we have the questionnaire, then we have, like, a 15-minute uh, screening call that can be on the phone, that can be on Zoom. Uh, and in that like 15 minute screening call, you can ask additional questions that are very important that would allow you to further qualify them. I mean, in, in, in screening calls, you can also evaluate their, like their language skills, uh, like how they communicate, because it really depends on, on the role. But for some, some roles, it's really crucial that, for example, they are really good at communicating or that they speak English, like if it's an international hire. Um, then after the screening call, uh, and screening call, by the way, is performed by one recruiter. Then the second call is the proper interview, full deep dive into the into the experience, understanding their um, their cultural fit as well as well. And uh, as I said, this is like a more in depth uh, interview. And then we have the test, which is a practical assessment. Very important, you know. I always say you have to do it. Don't take shortcut. Do the test, even the simple one, because it would it would tell a lot about their attention to detail, dedication, thinking process, problem solving, like everything. Literally, well designed tests can can reveal a lot. And then it it is a, a client um, interview with the candidate just to see how how well they vibe together, if they get along, uh, what is their intake, and so on. So I would say this is like a pretty good process that's not too long, that involves just enough people not too many to, you know, just drag the process over. Um, and this uh, this actually proved quite well for us. Like it's working mm -hmm. quite well. If we keep going from there, does mm -hmm. that then go to just most common, like it doesn't have to be every, mm -hmm. it is every, I mean, it's different for different roles. Does that go to a, another group interview internally? Or is that, okay, hey, we made a selection, now we're moving to references and then negotiation and then, you know, signing. Yes. Sorry. Yes. So basically, uh, this, the interview with the can, with the client can be can involve several people. You know, can involve the founder, for example, of the business or department lead or the hiring manager, and can involve one other person. Uh, from there, usually they already have a good idea if the person is good or not. Then we would do the reference check, and then we would go into negotiation and and close the deal. Yep, makes sense. Yeah. Did you have? Um, so we've based a lot of our hiring process on you know, the classic, like the who mm -hmm. um, process. Uh, there's some top grading. There's like a handful of things. Are there any sources? Uh, obviously, you've taken it and you've modified mm -hmm. it based on what you found works, but any sources you draw inspiration from? Um, I mean, it's, a lot comes from practice for sure. A lot comes also from reading, just taking the best practices. Um, there's a there's a guy called Jeb Blunt. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. You probably yep. did. Yeah, he. I think Hiring Rockstars was his book that... Rock, some something about rock stars um, took some ideas from there as well. Um, I mean, I don't. To be honest, we've tried the scoring system as well. You know, like keeping it as subjective, or sorry, objective as possible. I do not at this moment believe that this works as a best solution. I think really good questions with answers, like um, and knowing the answers you're looking for, is a better approach than like just grading someone because even grading is very subjective at the end of the day. Let's talk a little bit about sourcing. Mm. So if that's the process. They were at start. Uh -huh. How do we how do we recruit? How mm -hmm. do we get the right number of applicants for jobs? Are there any benchmarks you, you go through? Like where are agencies finding talent? 
Mm. Uh, I mean, on, on one end, it really depends again on the position. For some positions, you can just put a job ad up and you will get a lot of applicants. Um, usually that's like junior positions, maybe creative roles like graphic designers or video editors. You can get quite a few applicants if you just put a job ad. Um, otherwise, I would say headhunting, sourcing, like active sourcing is the best approach. Um, there's no like set number of people you need to have in order to qualify one candidate. There's no such thing because it, again, it depends on the role. It depends on, you know, like the quality of those applicants. I personally, at this moment, unfortunately, I don't think job ads give the best result, mainly because, you know, even in the U.S., I think the unemployment rate is like record lows, like 3% or something, right? So it's it's very low, meaning that everyone has a job. Um, but there are actually a lot of people passively looking for jobs. And those are the people that you should reach out to, headhunt, you know, try to sell the position and get them on a call. Um, and sometimes, you know, I always say it only takes one good candidate to close the job. So no benchmark, but sourcing is is the way to go. Unfortunately, 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 probably. Well, it's great for great for your business. Oh yeah, <laughs> and true. I'm yeah. glad it is. You know what you know in like sales prospecting. Mm. Me, everybody listening, you like we all get you know, mm. quick question subject line emails like ten times a day with yeah. um, sales pitches mm. from a recruiting side. How do you reach out to somebody who you think hey this might be a good candidate? Uh, mm -hmm. and actually get a response from them? First of all, I mean, if the company has a good reputation, you mentioned the company name. Yeah. That sells itself, right? If the company doesn't have a good rep, I'm not saying bad reputation. Well, if they are not well known, yeah. yep. focus on the benefits, reach out and basically say what the benefits are. Um, we do a lot of outreach, like j just through connecting with people. So in the connection message, you just can openly say, we have this position. Um, you know, these are the benefits. Uh, and then also, of course, you can compliment the person, say, you know, that you see that they have a lot of potential and we see them as a potential fit for the role. Um, overall, I would say it's a very, I mean, it's very similar to sales and prospecting, but at, at the same time, it's different because people want to know what's out there, not only because they are thinking about changing the job, but also because they want to see, you know, what, what what other companies offer. Maybe they can use that information then to go and negotiate with their current employer. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, I would say like it, it's a bit different, but just you know, complimenting, uh, saying exactly what uh, what grabbed your attention uh, in their LinkedIn, let's say profile, and then mentioning the company, the benefits uh, that usually gets attention. And when you say benefits, I, like in my head, that goes to the main one is hey, comp, you're an account executive, like. This role is full-time role, you know, 130 to 170 on oh, no. target earnings. Um, and then I assume if there's anything outstanding about your, but hey, this is a, you know, we work four days a week or 32 hour work week or whatever, but is mm -hmm. it any benefits that you've seen? Like, wow, this one, should they be very unique to the company? Mm -hmm. For us, if you are a true ClickUp nerd, there's not a better place to go to mm -hmm. go be if you are if you love agency process development and uh -huh. helping people get more productive uh Zenpel, it's a great place to go mm -hmm. if you could care less about either of those two things you know there's not a whole lot in terms of our positioning in the market or who we serve that you're going to be super thrilled about yeah but these are good benefits um i would say you know really like as a company every company has its benefits it just need to identify mm -hmm. 
And for every role, there are certain benefits that matter most. Of course, if we're talking about the salesperson, the best benefit is going to be like, what is the, the bonus system? How, you know, what, how much money can you earn in this position? If we're talking about like operational role, the things you mentioned will work quite well. Like, you know, very structured environment, uh, like click up nerd group, like a yeah. mastermind group or whatever, you know, that, that will work well. So I would say, uh, if you have a position, try to understand what motivates those people in that particular position and try to use those benefits in the message. But startups, yeah, and also something else I wanted to add, you know, like I work a lot with startups as well, and they often say, oh, but we don't have those benefits that Google or Facebook or whatever has, like, what what can we advertise? I always say startups have so many benefits and people are craving for those things, like flexibility when it comes to where you work, when you work, learning opportunities, growth opportunities, feeling that you are doing something purposeful, because usually that when you're in an organization, like a big corporation, you don't feel that. Um, as well as like equity options. Like there's so many different things that startups can actually offer. You just need to um, identify those and make sure to word it in the right way to attract the attention of people. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Mm. Let's talk about one of the favorite topics of mine Mm -hmm. in a number of listeners, which is the tool side of things. Okay. What, let's say I'm a 30-person agency, you've got somebody leading ops internally. Mm -hmm. I may use an outside service like Prosana, but I want to, I want to also have a recruiting arm internally. It's definitely for, you know, it's, it's part-time. It's not somebody's full-time role uh-huh. at this team size, but what should my tech stack around recruiting, hiring people ops look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if your recruitment needs are not like huge and you don't recruit lots of people uh, at the same time, like are lots of different, for lots of different positions, I would say, keep it simple. I'm pretty sure you can utilize ClickUp for this. We use Asana and, you know, like we are Asana pros. Uh, so we, for a very long time, when especially when I was an agency myself, uh, we've used Asana for it. So we would collect the applicants through the, you know, I said that we, we have this application form. That was that was Asana form. Applicants would come into Asana. Then we would build a funnel and then we would basically keep their cards in there. To be uh, honest, even now we use Asana. When, for example, when we get the applicants from our applicant tracking system, we create the cards in Asana and that's where we keep the whole information about the candidate, like interview notes, questions asked, recordings and so on. So I would say if you're not recruiting for many roles, I would keep it simple and I would just utilize the tools you currently have for project management or process management. If you are recruiting a lot of positions, then uh, I would recommend to even utilize like an applicant tracking system, ATS. And there are so many of them out there that I cannot like say which one to use. Um, we've tried recruit CRM, we tried Manatal, those are like quite small ones. We've also used Breezy HR, like there's so many tools out there. It's, it's, it's incredible. I think it just makes sense that you go out there, uh, evaluate the pros and cons and choose the one that you think will, will fit best. Why do you use an ATS if you have the backend? Is it the, you know, have integration into other job boards? Mm-hmm. Is it uh, apply with LinkedIn? Uh, it, what yeah. What are the big benefits? It, it, all of all of what you mentioned. So basically, we have like integration with other uh, job boards. So when we post a job ad, it goes on our website, but it also gets dis- distributed to like twenty something different uh, platforms yep. for jobs. Uh, also, LinkedIn included. So that's the benefit of having ATS. Um, you know, it's like a centralized place to store all of the candidates. And at this moment, we probably have over like nineteen thousand of candidates database, which is quite, quite huge considering, you know, like that we haven't been 
uh, out there for too long. Um, but yeah, definitely like ATS makes sense when you have multiple roles uh, open at the same time. Yeah, makes sense. Mm. What, um, I think we've probably hit some of these uh-huh. loosely, but if I'm an agency listening, uh-huh. and I'm thinking, should I be tackling this in-house? Should I be working with a recruiter? Um, like, when, when is it the right time to use a recruiter instead of trying to recruit in-house? Okay. Um, I would uh, uh, say, first of all, look for certain symptoms. And the symptoms are you always leave recruitment as the last thing on your to-do list. And I know that, you know, agency founders, uh, agency leadership, they just don't, they, they don't like to deal with the people side of things. They'd rather do marketing. They'd rather do sales, business development, because it's fun. And then the people side will, will, will get um, left for the last. So I would say when you feel like, you know, recruitment is the last thing on your agenda, when you are being very reactive when it comes to recruitment, um, when you keep on like rushing through your hiring or you continuously get mishires, th- these would be the signals that you, you may want to actually either outsource or get an in-house recruiter. Now, there are pros and cons with each, uh, each uh, solution. Uh, but I would say the biggest benefit that the outsourced recruiters bring is access to a larger talent pool, expertise. Um, it can be like a, a much quicker process as well. And at the same time, you know, it, it saves it saves basically a lot of time and a lot of headache because especially, for example, with our approach, we develop, like we basically vet the candidates from A to B. The only thing that you have to do is to review the a candidate presentation, which literally we literally prepare with like all the recordings, our insights, notes, everything else. You just review and you choose the person that you want to interview. So this is like the best thing, right, that you can get. Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to. You gave such a good nugget earlier that I want to go back to the well and see what else. What else? Okay. Pull out. Okay. So the question around you know what's the hardest you've ever worked in your life, I think, is a great one that you mm-hmm. can take and, and plug in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Gilkey who's been on the podcast before like one of his favorite questions is kind of in the middle of un- and he recruits for, or um, interviews a lot of sales folks mm-hmm. so in the middle of the interview just kind of stop things and ask how do you think this conversation is going and try and throw people off a little bit see yeah. how they respond are they overconfident are they you know mm-hmm. kind of humble and grounded or are they completely lose their cool mm-hmm. uh, do you have any other favorite interview questions whether in, in general or in specific situations huh I'm trying to think, you know, I would say for me, it's not the questions that I prepare um, in advance. It's the questions that follow my original question. Yeah. Uh, because, um, I mean, I naturally think I'm quite good at asking questions, especially the follow-up questions. Uh, so I think those those reveal the most. But I mean, when you ask the question, exactly, you are looking how the person responds, you know, if they are if they are still staying cool, if they are staying confident, or if they are basically just, you know, like getting a bit lost with the with the question. I'm trying to think if there are any other additional questions that, that probably depends on the position. So, for example, if I'm looking for someone who's very like um, motivated, I want to say motivated, but probably motivated is not the best word. Who's someone who's very ambitious? I would also ask, you know, if, um, for example, if they've been or actually, I know what what is the good question. Um, basically, what's the hardest thing you worked in your life? That's one part. But also, I always want to know like how were things when they were at school. So, for example, were they a good student, 
or were they actually doing additional things? Maybe they were in sports. Because when for someone, for example, played basketball, then you know that they are very competitive because they've been in, in that competitive environment. If someone was a, uh, was a good student, that means they're hardworking and they will put in the effort. So I would, I would always formulate the question about, you know, tell me about your like a school years. Tell me about your, 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 your childhood, you know, how you, uh, how you work, like how you studied, how you worked and stuff. Uh, so that usually tells actually a lot. Yeah. That makes sense. That's awesome. I can keep bugging you with questions. I know we're at time. All good. Um, the site is theprosana.com. Is that the best place to send folks? Yes. Yes. Or my LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Cool. We'll make sure both of those make it to the show notes. Erica, this was awesome. Thanks for being willing to come on and let me let me grill you around hiring and recruiting. This was super fun. Thank you. Thank you, Gray, for having me. It was a pleasure.